Hey, it's Jason Flatland here. You're listening to The Jason Flatland Show, where I'll be sharing everything from sales and webinar tips to improving productivity and reaching your infinite potential. Jason Flatland here. I just got back from my daughter's sixth grade graduation. That's why I'm all dressed up here. And I was sitting there listening to the speeches from the students and the faculty, and it got me thinking about, hey... If I were to teach these kids, which is ridiculous, how to speak and present with impact, here's how I would do it, because this is how this demented mind of mine works. And I started playing it, and it was really topical for me because last week I was just in an event in Atlanta. I spoke in Atlanta. And I got two standing ovations, and I've been... Everywhere I've gone lately, I've been pretty much on fire on a stage and I've been developing a new technique where I've gotten rid of the slides, gotten rid of kind of any real structure prior to the event. And I speak mostly with just a marker and a flip chart or one of those fancy smart boards that you can write on, depending on how big the audience is. And I've kind of just stumbled upon a formula the last six months that I've perfected that I'd like to share with you. Now, it starts with this, and this is really important. You're not going to probably be able to read it very easily here. And these are some preliminary notes on the backside. But what I'll do is I'll go into the room prior to me speaking and I'll acclimatize to the room. I'll feel it out. I'll catch some of the other speakers and I'll get a read on the room and I'll obsess over the following question, which is, what is the audience not hearing that they need to hear that if they heard it would change everything for them? So I don't do my presentations in a vacuum very often. I fill in the gaps where the other speakers are not focusing. And this always works, by the way, because if everybody focuses on big picture stuff, then that opens the door for ground level tactics. If everybody's focusing on the tactics, it allows for big picture stuff. And there's always an opportunity for me to be able to accelerate and ascent what is already being said by others and blow it up to the next level. I'm not starting at ground zero. I'm starting at mile 25 of a 26 mile marathon. That's kind of the attitude that I have. So I look at that. So at this last event that I was at, what I picked up on was that the audience was feeling that I have to really be well put together and I have to have all my ducks in a row and I have to really be dialed in to do big things. And I was like, this is really interesting because what's being intentionally or otherwise articulated from the stage is you got to follow what I do and do it the way that I do it. And if you don't, you will fail. And oftentimes the things that they're suggesting that they do are several levels above the competency of the audience at the time to do those things. So I picked that up on this audience. And so I started thinking about this theme of how you can be broken and messed up and have very little going your way and have most of it going against you and you can still be successful. And I wanted to use myself as proof positive of that. Now, they always bring me in to talk on webinars. So the framework is always on, you're gonna talk about webinars, and I do, but the reality is in a 60 or 45 minute presentation, there's nothing I could teach you about webinars that's gonna be more impactful than you buying the $10 version of this Kindle book. No real topic lends itself to being taught very well in that scenario. And this is important because what I do when I speak on webinars to the audience, I calibrate to them and say, what's the one thing I want this audience to walk away being able to do now that they couldn't before? And usually the message for that audience is any webinar is better than no webinar. And oftentimes a webinar where there's no risk risk involved and you're not selling anything, you're just trying to train, is the first webinar you should start with, which is not really in line with what they want to hear, which is how did you do that $57 million webinar series? Here's where you're starting today on your first step of a 10,000 step journey. And oftentimes with these audiences, as I get them feeling comfortable with two things, one is moving forward and two is caring more about their customers than they care about themselves. If I put the emphasis on your customers need your help, any day you go without trying to help them is a day they continue to suffer and put the emphasis on 
the audience's audience, not on the audience, then that lands really well. So that's usually my takeaway is any step forward or backwards is even better than no step at all and put the emphasis on your audience, not on yourself. Those are usually the takeaways for those types of audiences. So I'm always sneaking those in there and I'm always giving them a bunch of tactics. So things that no matter where you're at, you can immediately plop them into your business and you can see some sort of impact from them. So one of the tactics I always teach when it comes to webinars is put the price at the beginning, not at the end. So when you go to make your offer, say, here's what it is. Here's what it does. Here's how it's delivered. Here's what I should charge. Here's what I normally charge. Here's your special deal. If you act fast enough by going to example.com and that's when you would reveal the price, you get it in as fast as you possibly can. And then you add the bonuses. Then you add the value. Then you talk about the guarantee. Then you put everything else after that. So that's an example of a tactic. This is another example of setting the agenda up front and it's tactical and that applies beyond just webinars. So I will have things like that. But what I notice in webinars or sorry, with speaking to audiences is they remember the first thing they hear. They remember the last thing they hear and they remember some salient points somewhere in the middle of your presentation. And they typically will associate how they felt with you more than what they can recall mentally. So it's all about state management. So these days I start with a story, I end with a story, I have that one big aha point that I build up to in the presentation of the thing I want the audience to be able to do. And then I put a bunch of tactics in between there. And then I use things like humor, get them laughing, use participation devices, makes it feels like a conversation more than a presentation if you will and then i use tension what i call push pull where i'll build up build up to the point build up to the point and then i'll stop it and i'll pull it back and then i'll build back up build up back get closer and stop it and pull it back so it creates this almost the audience is begging me but they're still entertained and they're still engaged and exciting and so I'm setting all these other things up that are helpful while not delivering on the main thing yet building that tension so when i do pay it off it has more impact now in this particular case with the stories is it's good if the last story calls back to the first story and builds upon it. So in this particular presentation, I got this feeling and then I wrote this note in here and the note I wrote is broke people can break records. And that was the first big aha that I gave the audience because we had the biggest launch in the space. We had the biggest affiliate promotion in the space. And my point was while I was going through these challenges and these issues and my desire to get rich even came from a broken story. So I opened up with that broken story. I was like, it's Sunday morning. I'm eight years old. I decided I'm going to climb a tree. And I tell this story about how I fall out of a tree rip my hand open. It's gushing out blood every time my heart beats. And, you know, I'm, I'm go to my dad and I'm proud that I'm not crying. And he yells at me and says, we can't get hurt on Sundays. And that's when I start crying. That's the emotion. The premise that I build up from that is then I decided that then in that day I was going to get rich and I was going to get rich by running away from a fear, a problem. So I set the foundation of a story that you can be all messed up, you can get everything wrong, but if you have a strong enough purpose, even if it's a purpose based on fear, look how far it can take you. Broke people can break records. So no matter where you're at right now, you have the possibilities to do things you can't even dream of in this moment. So that's how the foundation is set, and then that allows me to say that's why I was able to catch on to webinars and focus on them and do this, this, and this. Now the last story that I end with is a call back to the first story eventually. The audience doesn't realize this at first because I tell the story of my brother. When I was 26, my brother passed away. He was nine. We, there was a 17-year difference between us, and it was the most tragic thing I've ever experienced in my life. And only recently have I been telling these stories 
stories, by the way, because I've only stumbled upon kind of this new communication style for me in the last seven months. And I was trying to make sense of it as this is the big build up to the audience that I'm talking about. And I'm trying to make sense of it. And I got to give his eulogy at his funeral. And you can't make sense of it. And I'm broken and I'm hurt. And that's when a new purpose starts to take on where if I can do great things in his name, then he will feel it'll feel like he is there. He is there, but I can now be in touch and connected to his spirit. And so that took me 26 years of my life. So from the age of eight to 26, my biggest purpose, my why, my drive, because this stuff is really hard. And they saw how I discovered these things and how they're challenging and how I was able to break through. It's really hard. But with the right why, you can push through. From eight to 26, my why was running away from a fear which allow me to be very successful, but still feel broken inside. And then from 26 to 40 now, my why started to be to do great things in my brother's name. And so the why changed. So from moving away from something to moving towards something. And I left it with the audience that says, you can get there either way, but I would prefer you find something to move towards to get there because you'll probably get there sooner. It'll probably be better. And you'll probably have more impact and then tie it all into webinars. Here's how webinars can help you get there, which they already knew before. I showed them all those ways and I tied them all up and boom, that's the mic drop. That's how you end it. Um, and we, I did that in 45 minutes at this last event that I was at. Sometimes I get an hour to do it in. And it, again, the stories are always different. The stories are always different or the subject of the focus related to webinars is different based on the read of the audience where I think they're at. And then also the dynamic between the audience and the other speakers that they hear. Start with a story, end with a story, have one big aha in the moment that draws the conclusion of I want the audience, if nothing else, to do this thing right here, sprinkle a whole bunch of tactics throughout, use a lot of humor, use that push-pull tension to really build it up and create the interaction, have conversations, not presentations. And that's what I was thinking about as I was sitting there today. I'm like, I'm planning this YouTube video for you when I get home and knock this thing out. And what I noticed with the audience, and I don't want to be critical of sixth graders or even staffs of teachers who don't do this professionally is, and I see this with every speaker almost out there. It's a rare speaker that doesn't get this. They don't engage the audience. They speak and they prepare and they don't realize that the audience is a living organic thing that you can communicate and interact with. So I'm like, how would I start this speech, especially given three minutes? I'd still start with a story and end with another story and leave with one aha in the middle, but it would be three minutes long <laughs> instead of maybe, you know, an hour long. And so I was like, how would I address the audience and talk to their fears and their challenges and their excitement? How would I start them in a state of uncertainty and end them in a state of certainty and then tie that to the ceremony so they left on a high note? And these are some of the things that you can get really good at as you work through and speak in public. Now, the one thing I got going through me that a lot of people don't is I have zero fear. I've always had of speaking in public. I've never been scared to speak in public. My joke is I've always had a fear of not speaking in public. And that's just how I've always been. So I realize I'm completely wired different, but I think that's why it's important to study people that are wired different than you because they see it from a different perspective. So that's how I always approach it. I've always hated when you speak to somebody that there's an adversarial setup where you're staring at them and they're staring back at you. I wish we could all kind of be aligned in the same direction. So I've always thought, how do we break that, what I call the facade, the sheen between you and the audience? And man, you do that enough times, pretty soon it will become so natural to you. You can look at the audience, you can see its heartbeat, you can address it. You could say, parents of the graduating class of 2023, sixth graders going to seventh graders, I welcome you. And as you sit here and listen to me right now, I bet you have a mixture of feelings. I bet there's some pride in you. I bet there's some happiness in you, but I bet there's some trepidation in you as well. 
And that would be how I would open that. But maybe that's for another day. Let me know your thoughts. What do you struggle with when it comes to public speaking? What can you see yourself using from this? Hit me down below. I'll catch you in the next video. Peace. Hey, Jason Flatland here. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you found this helpful at all, please leave me a review. And thanks again and stay tuned for future episodes.